All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments notice, at arm's length. To the line, Hughes, Jones! In this existence, take you to the sun. First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1-0. Here, like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode 
of the Canucks conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code hockey season, capital H, capital S, all one word, hockey season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. My name is Dave Grigelli. I'm joined as always by the man who built the place. Wow, no, I'm not. I just, I'm so used to saying that. Second day in a row, actually, uh, as Alex pulls up a black screen there because I'm not joined uh, by Chris Faber. Chris is still recovering from his sickness. Uh, we are wishing all the best to Chris. Um, not with us today, though. So just me, Dave Grigelli, and of course, our producer, Alex Allard. We will be joined on this episode. Again, brought to you by Zephyr Epic by Daniel G of Elite Prospects, because hey, you folks want your prospect talk? You don't want to hear it from me. I don't even want to hear it from me. Uh, Daniel G going to join us and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, YouTube live chat, very active early. And if you haven't already, folks, remember to subscribe to the Canucks Army YouTube channel so you don't miss out on the fun. 1 p.m. Uh, every single day, Monday to Friday. Uh, we're climbing the subscriber ch- subscriber ranks, which is really nice to see. Uh, Chris B in the chat said, Quads, did you spike Faber's food? Absolutely not. I do not like hosting this show alone. Uh, so everybody everybody pretending and then consp- with these conspiracy theories that I am the one that uh, made Chris stay away from the show. People now, Commander Vander says he's locked in Quads' basement. I don't have a basement, so that's not possible. Keep guessing. Anyways, let's get to it. Uh, not going to waste any time today because we do actually have a quite busy show. I'm going to do it alone. And people yesterday brought up a good point. They said, did you have one of Faber's energy drinks? Because people noticed that I started to talk really fast. When, I've, when I'm well prepared, which isn't often on this show, let's be honest here. When I'm well prepared, I talk really fast. Like I talk very, very fast and you know, sure it's the espresso. I did have an espresso and a coffee this morning. So that might be it. I've planned the show, made the thumbnail. I got to tell you, I really like the thumbnail that I made for those on YouTube that can see it. Uh, Okay. No more talk and no more pumping my own tires about the YouTube thumbnail and planning the entire show, all that sort of stuff. Even though I did do it, I just got to say, but I just quickly, quickly want to get this, uh, get this in here. Uh, Wyatt Arndt, we're going to be renewing Wyatt Arndt's contract. He is back in uh, for next season, which I'm very pleased to announce. He announced it on Twitter about an hour or two ago. Him and I just had a conversation this morning, and we uh, we, we realized that uh, it was it was time to announce an extension. you got to lock up your star players early, folks. So Wyatt is back at Canucks Army next year. Very excited about that. It's been a lot of fun to work with Wyatt. But no more wasting time. Let's get to it. The Vancouver Canucks have now won five games in a row. And folks, once again... We are talking about Talkit. We are talking about the Talkit bump. We've got a poll question today. If you haven't already and you're on the YouTube live, go to the Canucks Convo Twitter account. Be sure to vote in the poll. I want to get everybody's responses and it's going to be an active day in the chat, folks. My question to you today, folks, we're not going to pull up the poll, but my question to you today is which part of the Talkit bump are you buying? Because the poll question is revolved around the talk at bump, right? Like this team's won five in a row. They're playing good hockey. You know, they beat the Dallas Stars last night. I I didn't really think Dallas was off last night. Of course, Matt Murray, the other Matt Murray, wasn't great in goal by any stretch of the imagination, but it was still a good complete effort by the Canucks. And I'm wondering what parts of this bump and of this team's improved play that you are actually buying going into next year. Uh, That'll be the subject of our poll question, but right now getting people's responses 
in the YouTube live chat would be much appreciated. As I mentioned, Canucks last night, uh, 5-2 victory over the Dallas Stars, and it was quite a win. It was it was quite a win in the sense of you got to see Guillaume Brisebois score his first goal with the team, and he's been with the team for what feels like 17 years at this point. You saw Phil Giuseppe score a goal as well. And, you know, obviously Andre Kuzmenko as well just keeps piling it on. JT Miller continues his strong play. But one guy I want to talk about today, Brock Besser. Brock Besser picks up three points last night. And, you know, a guy known for his goal scoring, it hasn't really been there for him this year, but some solid play, some solid play at five on five. Obviously one of those assists for Besser came on the power play. But some solid play at 5-on-5 from Besser. And I think even the two-way game as well, you're starting to see it improve a bit. And that was kind of the thing that when Besser maybe wasn't scoring, that was kind of the thing that propped him up was, oh, well, hey, at least he's playing defensively well. I got to be honest, this season, he didn't really have that. Like this season, he was missing that aspect of his game. And I don't want to say he was useless, but... There wasn't much there. There just wasn't much there early on in the season. And now you're seeing him put it all together. Obviously, he's putting up the points, which is great. But even on nights, he's not putting up the points. And I know, hypocritical, I'm bringing it up after he puts up three points. He's been solid. Like, he's been good. He's been good defensively, and you've been seeing it. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to focus on here. Because the poll question, like I said, you know, are you buying the talk at bump? I want to talk about structure. And Alex, I have it uh, in the info sheet there. Uh, pull up the tweet from Wyatt from last night. Uh, really good stanchies last night, folks. But Wyatt posted this, and I want to talk about it. And for those on the podcast, I'll do my best to describe it. Basically, what Wyatt is saying is the talkit structure is at work. And he has a gif here of the Canucks forwards not blowing the zone early. You look closely here. There's three forwards below the hash marks at one point, okay? Canucks forwards are close and supporting the D-men. Canucks are creating their own odd men rushes by quickly transitioning to that north-south Hockey, hockey that Talkit loves uh, due to this support. So that's the tweet from Wyatt. And you saw it a lot last night. And it's just basic systems, really. But you look at the video that I'm showing on the YouTube live chat right now. And for those on the podcast, what I'm pointing out is that Anthony Beauvillier is the low man on this play. And usually that would be the center. And usually the wingers would be up a lot higher. Now I know the play that I'm showing and that Wyatt showed here is behind the goal line. So obviously the wingers are going to be a little bit lower, but you look at it and you compare it to what we saw from this team earlier on this season. And it's night and day. It's night and day. You think about all the times, even centers, not just wingers. You think about all the times we've seen forwards blowing the zone early, right? And what it usually leads to. Like, Think about the criticism from Jim Rutherford last year, the main criticism from Jim Rutherford when he was talking about this team structure, right? What did he talk about? He talked about, we can't get the puck out of our own zone. It's turned over when we try to flip it out off the glass or whatever. We, it's turned over and the puck's in the back of our net. You cannot count how many times that, has, that exact goal has happened this year where maybe it's a 50-50 puck battle because it's a defenseman with a winger at the blue line, right? Because the winger's already starting to leave the zone or even he's still in the zone, right? And the puck's just flipped out to him. That's basically a 50-50 play. And a lot of times the Canucks wingers are losing that battle and then your defense and your goaltender are hung out to dry. Now, for a team that has so many wingers, you would hope that they can start to find the wingers that they're going to be able to win with going into next year. So look, I understand that, you know, Dallas wasn't great last night. 
right? Like it wasn't the worst performance by them, but it wasn't it wasn't great. Like the Dallas Stars weren't fantastic last night, but you're starting to see the systems take place. And I think that's what you want to see and what you think of when you say buy-in, right? Like what are you buying into of what you're seeing from Talkit? I'm buying into the buy-in from the players. And look, maybe, maybe it's a late season bump. Like maybe, maybe that's the case. And I'm not saying the Canucks are going to go on a bunch more five game winning streaks heading into next year, but you're seeing the systems kind of start to be implemented and you're seeing all the players buy into it. So if the players buy into this system and the team improves in the off season, because you're also having to consider that this isn't the team that it's going to be next year, right? Like, this team right now, it has AHL defense pairings. Like, the defense isn't fantastic. And this is by no means to say that, oh, well, now they don't have to repair the defense because the team's going to be just fine. But you're seeing what literally replacement-level defensemen can give you if you have that buy-in from your forwards and if you're getting that buy-in on a team level, right? And this is the really interesting thing, right, is we're seeing, we're seeing people say and start to kind of realize and I'm going to close out my thought here before I get to the poll, you're seeing people start to realize that this team might actually be better with their AHL defenseman in the lineup than with Oliver ekman Larson in the lineup. And I'm not trying to pick on one guy, but that is a gigantic cap hit. And if he was making $3 million even, the criticisms would be there, right? Like, he hasn't been good this year. Um, and I think what you're seeing right now is just that you know, the Riley Stillmans of the world, the Oliver Ekman Larsons of the world, they weren't getting the job done. And again, they didn't have this same buy-in from the forwards. So, you know, I'm sure there's going to be people that still come to the defense of these defensemen and say, you know what, if they had this kind of buy-in from the forwards, maybe the defense is a little bit better. Maybe, maybe it's a little bit better. And of course, uh, Chris B jumped in the chat and said, it doesn't hurt that Miller and Petey go ham on the penalty kill. Absolutely. It also doesn't hurt that the guy I have hardly even mentioned here is Thatcher Demko. He's been fantastic. Thatcher Demko has been awesome for this team and he's made the saves when they need him. That's what they weren't getting this year, even from Demko himself when he was playing. Granted, we saw what a late start to your season can do for a goaltender. Uh, look, he was here early, and that's another thing I want to quickly touch on here, is this buy-in starts now, but it goes into next year, right? Like, this team doesn't have a practice rink, which is a tragedy. They're working on it. But there was a lot of player-led on-ice sessions in August of last year out at eight rinks in Burnaby, Scotiabarn. And you're going to see more players, I think, coming in, I believe it was even Dollywall that said it today, that Talkit wants players coming in three, four weeks ahead of training camp, right? The only guys who came in that early this year, if I recall correctly, I believe Pod Colson was the first forward here. Um, I think Kuzmenko took a little bit longer to get here, but all of the, all of the, um, all of the, all of the Russian guys were here very early, like Klimovich was here, um, Silovs was here, right? So, you're, you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see more guys coming in early. And I think the one thing you're going to really see, look, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but some of the last guys to show up, it was JT Miller. It was Elias Patterson. It was Bo Horvat. Uh, I think Elias Patterson was here earlier than the uh, other two. And obviously Horvat had some stuff going on as well, but you're going to look this year. And I think you're going to see talk it say, Hey, 
we need our leaders to lead by example. And like Sidney Crosby, for example, in Pittsburgh, he comes in, he comes in weeks early. And I think he sets the standard, right? If you're, if you're on the Penguins, for example, or let's use the Canucks for an example, and Elise Pedersen shows up early and JT Miller shows up early. And these, this is the heart and soul of your team right now, right? Thatcher Demko, obviously goalies are a little bit different. Thatcher Demko is here very early, obviously, but the leaders on your team are setting the example. And this isn't a slight against Bo Horvat or whatever people want to make it out to be. If your leaders are setting the example of, hey, you know what? We're getting here early because we cannot afford to have a repeat of last year where, hey, they had this great Boudreaux bump. It all goes to, you know what? As soon as the season starts, we all know how it started. Um, not ready out of the gate from training camp. Not great. Not, not a great situation for this team to be in. But I'll close out my thought by saying the only way I'm really convinced by this talk at bump is if these habits stay through to the rest of the year, if the discipline and these good habits that we're seeing in the ones that I've just outlined of, you know, forwards coming back and the systems and all that sort of stuff, if that keeps up into next year and there's still that buy-in, because it's not easy to play this style. There's a reason that guys like to blow the zone early, right? You, you don't have to do as much. If this buy-in continues, that's the only way I'm convinced. So to answer the poll question, which we'll bring up now, I am partially convinced. There are parts of it that I'm convinced about with this team. Okay, let's pull up our poll question, Alex. Our poll question today brought to you by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order of Pop Rinds. These are the perfect zero-carb snack, keto-friendly, ready in minutes, uh, air fryer or microwave, as I mentioned. They've got some different flavors there. Be sure to go check it out. One bag gets you 30 cups of fresh pork rinds right out of your microwave or air fryer. Does not get much better than that. Locally owned and operated out of Surrey. Free shipping on orders over $50. Again, that is promo code CC15 at atlasgds.com. Okay, our poll question today. Are you buying the Canucks improved play under Rick Tockett? And please say why or why not in the replies below. We've got 11 replies to this at the time of this recording. Let's see what Alex votes with, folks, because I know where I voted. And let's see where Alex goes. Our options are yes, no, somewhere in the middle. And as always, I'm angry. Alex goes with no. Alex goes with no. And the rest of the voters here... 35% say yes, 20% say no, 37% say they are somewhere in the middle, and 8% say they are angry. I've already made it clear. I voted somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I, I am buying some of the improved play, but I think it kind of needs to come with the... Um, the disclaimer that I don't think that it's going to always be like this. I think they're getting great goaltending right now. I think a lot of things are breaking right for this team. And look, how many times, how many years in a row have we said, you know, this team is a good team when everything breaks right for them. And right now, everything is breaking right for them. Can this team do it out of the gate? Can this team do it when it actually matters, when the games actually matter, right? Can this team do it? That's why I say somewhere in the middle, because look, we've been fooled before by this team, right? And I'm very curious. I think it's going to be a busy offseason. I'm very curious to see what this team does to further do this major surgery. But I'm also looking at it and saying, you know, in the positive light, this is what this team looks like without Philip Ronick, right? Like Philip Ronick is in Vancouver. Uh, I can report that. And I think someone else has reported that as well. Philip Ronick is in Vancouver, still recovering from that upper body shoulder injury. Um, but this is this team without him, right? And look, like, 
Noah Juleson right now is Quinn Hughes' partner. You have to assume that this team is going to find someone better either to play with Quinn Hughes or just to add to their right-handed defensive depth. And I'm not, no, I'm not knocking Noah Juleson, but he's not a first-pairing NHL defender, right? He's just not. But can he be a third-pair guy? Can he be a 7-8? Can Kyle Burroughs come back in your lineup and, you know, give you that 7-8 stuff? The problem with the Canucks, and again, Ethan Bear as well. Ethan Bear not in the lineup for these past few games, and they've been fine. And you, you assume that Ethan Bear, of course, um, is going to be back the next season. But you look at this team and you still say, you know what, there are pieces of the puzzle missing, but the fact that they're doing this without Ronick, the fact they're doing this out Bear, that's two guys that are it, that are going to help this lineup. Make no mistake about it. So let's get to the replies here. I want to get to the replies uh, from the YouTube, or excuse me, from the from the poll on Twitter. So Vikingstad chimed in and said, yes, because of the way it's happening, we still aren't for real without Ronick being legit. And if Gavrikov conspiracy is true, it would help a lot. When you get contributions spread around the lineup, usually a very good sign and 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 hasn't been uh, Demko brilliant or bust. Okay, that was a word salad at the end of that, but good point at the start, for sure. Uh, obviously, the Vladislav Gavrikov stuff is, uh, you know, you're hearing more and more Gavrikov to the Canucks and that sort of stuff. And, you know, we brought him up the other day. Ivan Barbashev, another client of Dan Milstein. So keep an eye on that for the third line center. Uh, Commander Vander said, I said no. The numbers support the ricochet a lot more than the Boudreaux bump, and the eye test looks better. But we know better than that. I'll buy it if they can keep it up going into next season. As of now, I see no reason why they won't flounder again to start next year. Now, the one thing I'll say, the one part that I think I buy the most, we talk systems, we talk, you know, about a lot of stuff. The one part I think I buy the most, folks, is Thatcher Demko, right? Like the way Thatcher Demko is playing right now, I think what we're seeing is that a healthy Thatcher Demko is an elite Thatcher Demko. And last year, he didn't have a full season, uh, full off season to get himself ready. And I'm not blaming the early early start uh, struggles on Thatcher Demko because this team was blowing so many leads and we saw the defensive structure was really, really uh, lacking. But if Demko can keep even half of what he's doing up right now, right? Like he's been, he's been elite again, right? But he was below average. The Canucks goaltending was below average to start the year. And I think a lot of different analytics would support that. Um, and, you know, obviously the eye test as well, especially when we know what Demko can do, you know, the, the goaltending wasn't great to start the year. And I think that's, you know, that's a big reason why I think this team might actually be able to hit the ground running. And, you know, obviously you're going to still have to have that buy-in. I brought it up, the systems getting here early, setting the culture, you know, setting the standard, all that stuff. I know it sounds like I'm just saying a lot of buzzwords, but I truly believe that. I, I truly believe that if the, if this team can get that level of buy-in that we're seeing right now in games that actually matter, there's no reason to believe that this team can't at least have a better start than they did coming into next year. We'll continue this conversation on the other side because a lot of people uh, chimed in in the YouTube live chat and as well as the replies on Twitter. But right now, We've got to get to him. I'm very pleased to be joined by Daniel G of Elite Prospects. Uh, Daniel joining us, of course, courtesy of our friends over at Zephyr Epic. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daniel, how's it going today? Yeah, how's it going for you? Pretty good, man. I love the gaming chair. Faber has one just like that. So it's nice to talk <laughs> prospects with someone else in a similar gaming chair to Chris. So we won't waste any more time. Let's get to it. Prospects. I want to start with Vitaly Kravtsov. You wrote something about him basically as soon as he was acquired by the Canucks. What have you thought about him through his first stretch of play? Any surprises? Anything you weren't expecting? And what are you expecting from him in the future here? Um, he's honestly showing a lot of what I kind of saw in his previous tape, like the skill pops in open ice. Um, you know, he has that large ice maneuverability. He blends deception with his hands. Um, I see the, you know, the issues kind of that pop up when he's on the boards. Um, you know, he was originally drafted to be like a, you know, a big kind of like power to the net forward. Uh, but he's more of just kind of like a bigger skill guy in open ice. But uh, at the end of the day, his frame is built for the NHL. Um, he has a small ice handling to really um, work pucks and work pucks along the boards. And he has cutback ability and all that type of thing. Um, I think his biggest issue is just access in the middle of the ice. Like he can hook passes and one touch passes out into the middle, but actually moving off the boards and getting into shot locations in the slot is the biggest thing. Um, so I, I found it interesting that the Canucks already posted a video of him and Pod Colson working on, you know, just, just, uh, just little maneuvers to get to the center of the ice because that's where the majority of goals are scored. Um, I think, I think, uh, the other element that we've seen already in just a handful of times is how good he is off puck, uh, especially in transition. Um, uh, all of his chances so far with the Canucks have been him kind of drifting into uh, pass seams, um, you know, really supporting the the puck carrier and then just getting one or two touch shots off. Um, it's it's interesting if you look at his shot chart uh, for the last for the last two years, all of his goal scoring essentially happens like within the hash marks because so much of his game is you know just working off puck. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, I was pretty happy when I saw that they acquired him because 
um, the, the amount of skill there and the, kind of the situation in New York, uh, uh, there's a chance that he becomes, you know, something pretty good for the team. That's kind of the question that we've had over the past little bit is with this team, you know, kind of making it clear that they want to make the playoffs next year and having so many wingers, is there even a spot for him in this lineup next year? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the one thing, the one element that I think will help him is the fact that he has, uh, he plays a North-South game that, that, you know, Rick Tockett wants to run. Um, when, even when he's, even when he, he works an inordinate amount of pucks out of his own zone. And then when he does pass off, he drives the middle of the ice, pushes defenders back, opens up space, that type of thing. So I think that's, that that'll help him quite a bit. And I, I do think that he's, you know, at least competent on the defensive end of the puck, which could, you know, bear well against some other younger players that might be coming up to steal, take the spot. Um, you know, he's a disruptor. He scans, uh, my colleague at Elite Prospect, uh, David St. Louis, he, he's watched Crafts off quite a bit over the years, and um, his defensive game has grown considerably over that amount of time. So um, I think I think there'll be a spot for him. It's kind of one of those situations where you acquire a guy and you, tr you try to make it work as much as possible. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Uh, another guy that this team recently signed and, you know, is going to be bringing into the fold Aiden McDonough, you've watched a lot of McDonough. I want to talk to you about him because the conversation that we were having yesterday was, you know, what does the rest of this season look like for him? And what does next season look like for McDonough? Yeah, I think his situation, you know, it, it does require some haste if you think about it. You know, he's 23 years old. He has to hit the, the ground running de de developmentally. And I think the, the team is going to give him a chance to really show what he can do at the NHL level. Um, that being said, like what I think we'll see out of him is um, very much his game at the NCAA level, because a lot of what he does is translatable. He's not very dynamic in transition at all, but you don't really have to be under Tockett's system. Um, but, uh, if they give him, you know, opportunity to really leverage his shooting ability on the power play, like he did at Northeastern, um, uh, he'll have a lot of success. He's, his playmaking has developed so much over the years. Uh, um, this season, like if he's on the boards, he's going to connect with a guy through layers in the slot for a, for a high danger chance. And that type of game, uh, will really help him at the NHL level. Uh, and he's a good, he's, he's big, he's a sturdy four checker, um, that those type of things, you know, bode well, I think his stride is pretty prohibited right now. Um, but we, we've seen players that fit similar profiles as, as him have success. Like I think I was talking to uh, Drance at in Penticton and he made a really good comp that's kind of stuck with me over, over the months that he, he sees him similarly to, uh, chase on just a bigger sturdier guy who can shoot off puck who can produce you know in limited minutes i think that's kind of what you're looking for with him which is a massive win when you're looking at a overage seventh round pick uh kind of like the last remnants of judd brackett pretty much uh coming through okay josh bloom uh, we know nothing about this guy. Faber and I both haven't uh, discussed his game much, but I know you know a bit more about him. So obviously acquired in the Riley Stillman trade. What can you tell us about Josh Bloom? Yeah, I kind of know life to his, his games over the last couple of weeks. I just I finished him and got an article out for 
uh, daily hive uh, essentially um the biggest thing about him is he's like he's like an incredible four checker and i'm not a four checker a penalty killer sorry um one of the like like i think i described him in the article as like a mosquito trapped in your tent when you're camping he's just so damn annoying um he's a pressure pusher uh, especially on the blue line he anticipates passes and works it right into counterattacks. He actually leads the, or he tie, he's tied for the lead in the OHL for uh, shorthanded goals over the past two seasons with 11. I think he had seven last year and four this year. Um, so, so essentially, like, like he, he's one of those guys that'll work right down the ice on a penalty kill, jam the puck into the corner of the boards and just take a beating until... 10 seconds are dragged off the the clock for the the penalty kill um the reason why i I, you know focus on this is because um i don't think a lot of his game is translatable um offensively uh as a when he's on puck like carrying pucks in the zones he he typically takes really poor shots from the outside of the ice so outside of the dotted lines or the slot and because of that like you don't really see goals scored like that in the NHL. Everything's on the inside. Um, he's a talented passer um, out of those situations, so he has a delay game, and delay games are becoming more important in the NHL. Instead of running the puck down the boards and into pressure, into a defender, you're cutting back and looking for pass options that are trailing in behind. So he does that. Um, where he really struggles, and this is where I find a lot of his translatability issues, is whenever he tries to work laterally, like east to west, um, he tunnels into his stick. Like meaning, like you can actually see his his field of view, his eyes look down at his stick, and because he's looking down, he doesn't scan anything around him, and it usually leads to poor, it usually leads to poor decisions and you know missed option, missed past options. That being said. Um, when he can separate, he has great acceleration. He can really create room between defenders. Uh, he he disguises his release. He manipulates with his feet, sending a goalie against the grain. Um, I, I I do think because of all all of that I mentioned, he's probably more of a north south attacker, uh, a simple north south attacker in the NHL, who has the you know the intangibles of of uh, penalty killing, et cetera. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, one thing that's kind of glaring that's missing out of his game is just um, a translatable forecheck. Uh, he he just doesn't forecheck well at all. Um, I don't know what it is. He picks poor routes. He doesn't really get up and under the defender's stick. And then when when we go back and look at tracking data from his draft year, it's it's similar results. So that's something that hasn't really improved over the time, but. You know, when you're looking at like what he is as a player. I think like you're you're pretty much laughing that you got, you know, this type, you got a B, you got a pretty solid B prospect who could be a premium penalty killing option down the road for a guy who's you know a by like a sub replacement level defender at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's how everybody kind of looked at that trade. Okay, I, I'm going to the YouTube live chat here because first of all, Jesse Town said great article for Daily Hive. Um, so so Thanks. good job on that. Uh, Commander Vander jumped in and said, Daniel, thoughts on Lakaramaki's progression or lack thereof this season in the SHL and the Elsvenskin? Yeah, like, um, I'm if I'm probably on the end of not freaking out as much as a lot of people. Um, Shooters like like Lakiramaki, um, 
they just take more time. Like I, I look at players like Owen Tippett, uh, Eli Tolvanen, um, it just, it just takes time. And there's so many circumstances that have just kind of hindered Lakira Mackey this season, mono, unable to train, draft, all that type of thing. Um, I, I don't think he really, got, he really gets the opportunity needed to produce, especially when you're looking at players who need a lot of touches. Um, I saw a lot of great flashes at the world juniors, despite kind of the issues that we saw, like, uh, and he's proving to be a way better playmaker than what a lot of people expect. Um, I'm not too, too worried. It, was it an awful season? 100%. But uh, I think I think what's going to be more interesting is how next season goes. I don't know if Jurgarden is going to actually be able to advance to the SHL, so it might be another season in the Osvenskin, but um, that might be good for a guy like Lakira Mackey who's just looking to find his touch. I think one of the biggest things is he went when he went – when he was sent down to the to the junior twenty league, he was dominant again, um, which is you know a great sign because you can take things from that junior twenty league and see how it translates to the SHL and uh, and the Allsvenskan and uh, and I, I think at the end of the day he'll be fine. It's just but it, it was a really unfortunate year and <laughs> at an unfortunate time. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, we'll close it out with a goaltending question. You know I have to ask about him. Ty Young, you've been out to see him uh, in Prince George. What do you think of that goaltender's uh, game so far? Um, I don't have a whole lot of skill at analyzing goalies, but I do know quite a bit about Ty Young. Like, uh, for a while there, he actually stole the starter job in Prince George. Like, the situation kind of is there's Tyler Brennan who – often is considered, you know, a higher end prospect than Ty Young. Um, they, they're kind of a tandem down there uh, up here. And essentially for a while there, Brennan kept getting injured and then Young kind of stole the net for a good while of time. What kind of happened was um, the Cougars, the Cougars, they score a lot of goals, but they also concede a lot of, <laughs> a lot of scoring chances too. So um, it, it's hard to stem bleeding in, in, junior hockey when it happens like it, it, if a game's going bad it's going to end six seven like you're going to six seven goals against and they went back to brennan and brennan won like six straight games and now young's you know having some trouble getting back in um i did hear from some people around kind of the team and everything that young was kind of the goalie that they were considering going forward with i don't know how accurate it is but um, that's probably changed now just the way junior hockey works but um, yeah, he's kind of in like a, it's like a two-headed dragon type thing uh, with PG and kind of trying to fight through to get playing time. I think a big thing about Young uh, is is his age, right? Like he's he was like four days off from being um, draft eligible for this year, which means he's just, he's like a full year younger than everyone um, in that draft class. Uh, and I, I go back to a Kevin Woodley article for NHL.com where he talked to Ian Clark and he compared Young to a, you know, Eastern European goalie, which I thought was completely fascinating that a lot of talent, just not a lot of structure. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think, I, I, I do think that's the way that Young is and we won't really truly see the effects of that development until he's more integrated in the organization. If they do end up signing him down the line. Awesome. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time today. I needed my prospect guy on the show and you, yeah. uh, you did an awesome job. We'll do this again. Yeah, soon. Thanks thank for you. having me.
Awesome. Thanks, man. And that is Daniel G uh, of Elite Prospects joining us again, courtesy of our friends over at Zephyr Epic. Promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. They also have a retail location out in Surrey, so be sure to go check them out. I want to continue the conversation to the surprise of absolutely no one about Ty Young. Uh, Daniel talked about him at the end there. Awesome, awesome interview um, with Daniel, of course. But Ty Young, I want to zero in on this a little more. I want to zero in a little more on the comment from Ian Clark uh, of him being an Eastern European goaltender because, folks, we know Ian Clark's draft strategy, right? Like, you follow you follow the trail of breadcrumbs, right? One breadcrumb is Archer Silovs, the next is Akukos Genvo, and then you've got yourself Ty Young. That's three goaltenders, okay? And basically what you see with these goaltenders, all of them, is, you know, really really great intangibles right and i i did a story a couple years ago where i talked to ian about his drafting philosophy and this kind of idea of what he calls wild horses where they have so much so many intangible um qualities that in ian's experience are very hard to teach uh through nurture whereas a lot of guys that get drafted high are putting up really good numbers in junior or you know they've got really good structure in their game and all that sort of stuff and and not to put words in ian's mouth but kind of the philosophy is that some of these guys that have you know had all these this goaltending training and you know they have the system and they have the technique down pat they haven't really been in a position where they're uncomfortable or they have to make a save because they're out of position and they don't have that raw athletic ability sometimes so I, I really like the Ty Young pick, and at the time I was a little confused about it because, look, North American guy, so I watched him and said, wow, okay, well, if his structure's not good, it might be because he's not a good listener. But then you consider also, okay, he's really young, and you start to put together more of the piece of the puzzle, and I... I like Ty Young. I, I like uh, I like what he what he brings. He's very similar to Koskenvo and Silovs, obviously two goaltenders who I have not been shy about my admiration for. So we'll see kind of how he progresses. Um, thanks again, of course, to Daniel G. Okay, we've got about five minutes here. Um, I'll quickly close out the poll question responses here. I really want to get to it because uh, that was a great interview with. Uh, with Daniel. And I'm not saying I did a great job interviewing him. I'm saying that was a great guest, uh, really thoughtful responses. Uh, it was nice to hear about Josh Bloom, to be quite honest with you. And the, uh, the forechecking needs a little bit of work, obviously, like Daniel said, but really nice to hear about being a good penalty killer, being a good North South guy. That's a, that's a talk it guy. If I've ever heard one. Okay. Back to the poll question here. And as a refresher, uh, it is, are you buying the Canucks improved play under Rick Tockett? And these are the replies that we've gotten. I got through two. There's a few more that I really want to get to. Lance Bratt said on Twitter, they have a bit more structure, but competition is not as good and the pressure is off, off them. So no expectations and no trades. The Athletic put this out today that the remaining strength of schedule for the Canucks is second easiest to only the Colorado Avalanche. So I think we're going to see this team continue to put up points and Look, I think what you need to see is just, you know, that system, that buy-in, that way they're getting wins, right? Not just, um, you know, because they're facing easy teams. You want to see them bring it against teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, like we've seen, right? And you want to see that kind of continue down the stretch run here. Okay, uh, where's your Horvat said? Team seems more balanced in the D zone. PK is better. Less no-look drop passes leaving the D zone. Uh, they just have to maintain and improve. They can't take a step back. I think that's bang on. This team just cannot afford to take a step back 
heading into next year. And there's a lot of different responses here. I don't want to get to all of them because there's 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 quite a few now. Um, a lot of people pointing out the structure, uh, a lot of people pointing out the easy schedule, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, you know, some people pointing out the structure and saying, yes, the structure is there, but it's not fantastic still. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to keep this up. They're not going to be able to do it over an 82 game schedule. The roster still has holes. Look, I get all that. I get people's concerns. Uh, I'm going to close it out here with this response from Bo Captain, my captain. I'm somewhere in the middle. I've always been a firm believer that it's easier to win games when the playoffs are out of reach. That said, if they can play like this against good teams consistent consistently, I may be swayed. And as I said, I think that's the thing that we're all kind of looking for. Sure, easy schedule down the stretch, but what are they doing in games against the good teams? Um, but again, the other thing that people keep bringing up, and it's a good point, it's a valid point, a lot of these teams, like a, a lot of these teams, these good teams, really do have their foot off the gas pedal when they play the Canucks, right? Whether that be because they know they're already playoff bound, um, you know, whether that be because they don't take the Canucks seriously, we are seeing that sometimes with teams, but uh, not to take too much away from the team and what they're doing. Uh, I'm going to close it out and say that I am somewhere in the middle as well. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to Betway. Betway, Betway, Betway. Our friends over at Betway uh, have got you covered for all of your... Um, your wagering that you're going to do on sports and I have to pull on up here. So I'm obviously struggling a little bit because Faber usually preps all this and I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't really have one off the top of my head, but uh, I do want to mention though, that uh, the Betway bets of the day is something that uh, we do over at Canucks army. I brought it up yesterday. Really, really cool. I'm a big fan of it. So uh, go check it out. Nikhil's doing that, and he kind of keeps up with what he's done each game. Uh, he's keeping track of his winnings as the season goes on. So be sure to go check out CanucksArmy.com and our series, uh, Betway Bets of the Day. Okay, uh, our bet today, Colorado Avalanche at Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Toronto on the money line, two, 2.5 on the money line here. So... Uh, you know, $10 bet. I think that'll get you, can't say it off the top of my head. I gotta think about this. Uh, $10 bet would get you 20, I think. So whatever it is, go check out Betway. I, I, yeah, I don't bet much as you can tell folks, um, but be sure to go check out Betway. Uh, if you choose to play, please play responsibly 19 plus to play. Um, like I said, if you choose to play, please play responsibly. Look, second day in a row that I've hosted alone. Except for that Betway part, I'd say that went pretty well. I'd say that went pretty well. Obviously, we're all thinking about you, Chris. Uh, hoping that you get better soon, buddy. It'd be nice to have you back uh, for tomorrow. But I'll be back tomorrow for sure, folks. Uh, hoping, as always, to be joined by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. But in the meantime, signing off for now. Uh, our thanks again to Daniel G and our friends over at Zephyr Epic for sponsoring all of our guests, uh, including, of course, Daniel G of Elite Prospects. It's a good one, folks. It was a good episode today. For our technical producer, Alex Allard, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 